Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at 30 Days of Night, Collecting Issues 1 to 3 of the 2002 IDW series by Steve Niles and Ben Templesmith. Oh, Benjamin, I've made one of my classic errors. I tell you, I've read the wrong thing again. I have read John Barrowman's 1990s biography, 30 Gays a Night. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, it was very enlightening then. Very, very enlightening. (laughs) Very promiscuous man. That's the best joke you've ever had in this podcast. Thank you very much. I've actually written that one down. Joke. I thought it was homophobic and I had to think about it, but no. No, no. No, no. no. We're fine. all four gays here. If anything, I'm taking a, if anything, I'm taking a dig at his promiscuity, not his sexuality. And anyone and the, can be promiscuous, Michael. Uh, the two are not in any way linked, Benjamin. We'll probably get done more for slut shaming than... Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But oh. I think he's been shot a lot of people as bums, so he's on the out. Benjamin, I am, of course, joking. I have read 30 Days of Night, and it's not about promiscuous sex drugs parties in the 90s is about vampires coming to get you vampires coming to get you Ooh, something's going bump in the snow exactly um, yeah so uh, we, we took a look at this michael i don't know whose idea it was to do this particular comic but boy we picked a doozy to finish on didn't we for the year Ooh. benjamin it was my idea because today the day that we're recording is the 21st of december the shortest day of the year oh hello there shortest day of the year how are you doing oh it's very dark ben very dark michael it's very dark and it has triggered my fear of vampires. Oh, it's a classic, Michael. You think they're coming up the hill to get you. Yeah, you think they're coming. Also, Ben, very sadly, Anne Rice, the inventor of modern vampires, died this week. Was it, it was this week or last week, Michael? Ben, who knows? I've lost track of time, but with how short time the days are. Time nothing anymore, Michael. What's that coming over the hill? Oh, it's a vampire fuck run. Yes, um, run away. Yeah, so, Michael, this is a three-issue miniseries filled with nihilism. Um, mm. it's quite a, quite a doozy to finish on for the year, Michael, and uh, genuinely gives you a good heaping fear of the dark, filled with bloody Steve Nilesalism, if you ask oh, me. Oh, yeah, look at you! I've got look all the jokes you. today, Ben. I've got all the jokes. I had time off today to think about some jokes. So you just wrote them all down, did you? I just wrote them all down in my little joke book. And you'll be working your way through them, will you? No, most of them are very misogynistic, so I'll have to leave them out. Oh, very good, Michael. Just like John Barrowman, get rid of him. <laughs> get rid of them. Benjamin. Yeah. Um, this comic spewed, spawned forth a never-ending stream of follow-ups and imitators and sequels and carry-ons. But here at Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club, mm-hmm. we won't be having a look at any of that because we're looking at these three issues in this miniseries in isolation as they were originally intended by the authors. Yes, very good, Michael. So it, it's set in the town of Barrow. Mm, real place. Real place. Population 15. Yeah, a bit more than that, but not many. bit more than that. So it's in Alaska, and it, traditionally, Michael, it has it has an L period where the sun doesn't go down, and then it has an L period where the sun doesn't come up. Mm. Bad for vampires, that first one. Good for vampires, that second one. Exactly. And it's centered around the bloody sheriff of the town, Eben, which is a stupid name. Oh, okay. Just, well, it's, it, it's Ebenezer, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but I'm not... No, I'm not giving it to him. Eben is not any more convenient than Ebenezer. Mm-mm. Okay, yeah, it's, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. No, it's ridiculous. It sounds uh, like someone's trying to get your attention, but they're kind of non-committed. They're like, eh, Ben? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not what you want when you have a sheriff coming to your rescue either. Eh, uh, Ben? Yeah, yeah, do you want no my good. Help or do, you, do you not want my help? What's, what's, what's going on mm. here? Anyway, Michael, 
there's there's two locations really set up in this. There's New Orleans yeah. for some reason. For some reason. And then there's Barrow. <laughs> yes, for the main reason. Um the the central premise of this, Michael, is that a bunch of vampires have copped onto the fact that the sun doesn't come up in this tiny little town in Barrow. So they go, oh, do you know what? I've always envied humans and their mm. endless buffets. How yes. about we give? How about we give it a go, but with humans? An endless buffet of humans for us, the vampires. Except it's not endless, Michael. It's a small town in Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> but they keep talking about it as if it's an infinite food supply, and I don't understand why they do that. I think because there are only about twenty-five vampires, and there are a couple of thousand people in Barrow, so there are more people than they could possibly eat in that time. I see. I think the vampires are very stupid. I oh, think yeah. they don't know well, how to count. <laughs> I think it does turn out to be quite an interest. It's one of my favourite points about this, Ben, is the little plot twist that it is kind of stupid what they've done. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? The, I, I really like that. So the, the issue two twist. Yeah, the kind of issue two twist where the king of the vampires, the Bill Nighy type character, Vincente. comes along and... Yeah, Vincente. He comes along and he goes, Ah, what have you flipping a done? I don't think he's Italian, but you've 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 thrust Italianness upon him, so I'm going to run with it. Yeah, you are a very stupid uh, vampire because uh, <laughs> now uh, everybody knows uh, we are on the Instagram live and the TikTok. Uh. Yes, yeah, very good, Benjamin. You sound like a, a what we do in the shadows character, and <laughs> yeah, that's probably my favorite little twist that this guy who thinks he's the best vampire and he thinks he's come up with this plan, and all the other vampires, his follower vampires, who are obviously just as big idiots, a dose of dopes, like, yeah, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just dumbasses, and they follow him. But to have the kind of terror ripped out from under them of they're actually, as far as vampires go, the dummies. Yeah, they're quite the good. thick vampires. Quite a little nice vampires. little twist. <laughs> Yeah, so I think one of the things I quite like about that, Michael, is that twist is completely unexpected. Because um, yeah, it, it, it's set up as a, it's set up as a, you know, oh, that sounds like a great plan. See you there, V. And then he gives yeah. a little sign off. And, but he's actually coming to sort it out because he's like, right, I'll get them all in one place and then I'll just give them a spanking. I'll go up I'll and I'll show them, <laughs> show them who's boss. Them. Yeah, um, I like that. I like that because it's presented to us as though no one has ever thought of this as well. And then the the main vampire is like, of course we thought of this, but now it's so obvious. Yeah, we, we, we knew. We just, you know, we've spent centuries hiding ourselves away. So, you know, mm. we probably wouldn't want to publicly, you know, <laughs> broadcast ourselves by killing an entire town. Yes. That, Ben, is about the only kind of twist plot-wise in it. Uh, Yeah. Fair. Yeah, there's there's no other real surprises in the plot, I wouldn't say. Yeah. I tell you what, Michael, there's one too many on. jumps for my taste. Go on, go on. Because we, we jump three times, so three issues, three jumps. First yes. one is set up, very isolated town, um, bloody... Oh, what's his name? No, it's going to get away from Eben. me. Marlow? No, no, Rennick. He's like, he's like a, oh, what's his name? Renford. He's a Renford double from the Dracula series. He's the yeah. little uh, assistant that kind of salts the earth before the vampires come along and make sure that it's a, a good old time for them. So he yeah. takes care of all the communications and the mobiles and stuff like that. And I actually really like that part. I quite like the setup of this, Michael. It's like, oh, good. It That's is clever. quite good, isn't it? I like the I like the thing about gathering all the mobiles and burning them all then. Without going too far into spoilers for other things, it's very similar to the recent Netflix hit, um, 
black church watch out that church is evil oh watch out that church is no good there what, that's just the catholic church called? in general michael um, oh, oh, oh. Um, it's called midnight mass michael midnight mass yes there was a, it was very similar in a lot of scenes to to midnight mass it was or could should we say midnight mass was a very similar scene uh, in in many of the bloody uh, I've, I've mucked that sentence uh, up Michael what I, I wanted yeah. to say was midnight mass borrowed from 30 days of night not the yes. other way around you could say that Ben indeed I've got end of year exhaustion Michael from all the vampires my mouth just isn't working anymore yeah it's um, all the vampires it's given up so yeah that a bit I actually really really liked and then I uh, but then I think the jumps are weird so we go from Eben and his wife yes whose name escapes me because I'm a misogynist Clarice uh, Clarice. Okay, Evan and Clarice. We go from Evan and Clarice uh, seeing the vampires coming over the hill and going, oh yeah. no, vampires. Vampires are on their way. And then we do a little time jump, Michael, into issue two mm. where it's like, oh, they've destroyed the town. Oh no. Yes. Very interesting. First of all, Ben, I'm going to take you back a, a step. Go on. Because I think you've skipped over one of the best panels in the last 30 years of comics. Shame on me. One. Yes, which is the panel, Ben, at the end of episode one, where the people on the horizon are revealed to be big spooky vampires. It's quite good, isn't it? It is very good, Ben. They've got the black eyes and the big freaky mouths. Yeah, they're real scary vampires. They're good, they're they're, good vampires. They're, they're, a, they're a Buffy level vampire. I would say they're much scarier than Buffy. They're very unpleasant and horrific. This is, this is a true horror comic. That's true. It anyway, is. Ben. Yes. I think a large bit of your complaint here could be addressed with just thinking about how these were originally presented. These were originally presented as three separate three. comics. Oh. And, you know, we're seeing it as a collected issue because we're here at Collecting Issues, the Bi-Weekly Comic Book Book Club. That's what we but do. That's what we do. We look at collecting issues, Ben. But this might be a case, one of those rare cases, Ben, where this might make more sense on your shelves as... Three separate single issues. Yeah, were they released with a with a good decent gap between them, Michael? I, I don't remember, Ben. I would say so. You were you were but a young man. I was but a younger man. You were only a tiny little fellow when this came out, Ben, in two thousand and two. But yeah, I I think you could kind of take it that the time jumps between episodes could almost issues could almost be a real life time jump. Oh. You know, you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying, Michael. I'm a but, fool. That's what but you're no, you're not. You're not a fool, Ben, because no, you're late. right. Because you know, it's, you're. Well, I mean, I'm not arguing you're a fool, but I think you're right about this, because we are looking at this as a collected issue, and the time jumps in this context don't make a huge amount of sense. Yes, they 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 keep out large chunks of interesting content as well, Michael. I would have liked to have seen the vampire descent onto the town, as opposed yeah. to well, the vampires came along and they did a lot of damage. Yeah, and then we tried to fight them, but it was very difficult. We tried to fight them. We tried to run. You know, we tried that thing with the stakes. We tried to think. I would have liked to see a lot of that stuff. I would have enjoyed a a sequence of, I know what we'll do. We use stakes. Fuck, that doesn't work. I know what Mm. we'll do. We'll use some bloody garlic. Oh, fuck, that doesn't work. I know what we'll do. We'll go to the church. Oh, fuck, that doesn't work. I would have enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, you could almost make a movie out of it. You could, couldn't you, Michael? (laughs) You almost could. You almost could. When did that movie come out? I don't remember. Uh... I think it's pretty old. I think it was 2007, maybe. Oh, it was God, quite so old, Michael. It was relatively soon after this came out. Yeah, within within a five-year grace period, so to speak. I, 
I think so. I'll look it up, Ben, while you spin your wheels about episodes two and three. So episodes two and three then uh, reveal to us uh, vampire devastation in issue number two. Uh, we get we get kind of a, a classic smorgasbord of what I like to call Tarantino-esque character development. <laughs> All right. Okay. Whereupon what we do is... We just yeah. make big distracting characters, Michael. So we've got a big fat vampire that looks a bit like a kingpin who wears shades. Kingpin, yes. Kingpin. We've got a little girl vampire who freaks us out because she's a little girl. Oh, yeah. That is quite freaky. And then we finally have the introduction of Vicente, who's a classic Nosferatu. Mm. Yeah. But it, the reason I call it the Tarantino school of character development is it, they, they do the uh, Pope in the pool trope where <laughs> they... <laughs> They choose something very distracting and use that as their central personality. Hello, I'm a big fat vampire. That's mm. me. Hello, yeah. I'm a creepy little girl. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm that creepy. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they do. Well, they don't have a lot to work with, Ben. They've only got a couple of panels each. They've also only got three issues, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, when you're dealing with such a small amount of time in which to tell a story, that's why stereotypes and tropes, Ben, as you would call them, exist. Yes, Indeed. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't begrudge them that. I don't uh, begrudge I, them I, that. I didn't begrudge them. I just call it the Tarantino School of Character Development. That's all. Very good. Character uh, development might be a bit of a strong word. Uh, yeah, there we go. Um, so anyway, moving on from there, then we get the big we get the big mid-arc twist, Michael. Yes, which is? Uh, Vicente comes along. He's like, uh, you are a dumb fuck. Uh, what now did you die. do this for? I told you not to do it. And that then ties then back to the New Orleans thing. And it kind of makes a bit more sense then. I don't like the New Orleans thing, Michael. I would rather not talk about it. I think yeah, it's a really it stupid addition. It could have done without it, couldn't it? Because basically that young flu was sent up to get videos and he did. And it's sequel bait, isn't it? That whole thing is just sequel bait. Yeah. I, but even then, it, it takes up an awful lot more panel than it should in mm. a three-issue arc. So For what a bit happens of sequel is, bait. We're assuming you've read this, ladies and gentlemen, but of course this is the, the New Orleans arc where we find out that... There are vampire hunters. They're almost yeah. exclusively based in New Orleans. Yeah. For whatever buffies. reason. And as a result of that, they find out somehow about this exchange through hacking emails. Vampires have emails. And they're vampires not have emails now, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it largely... In the first issue, it was largely an exposition dump. Yes, go to on. To set up what was happening. I don't think you needed that as your exposition dump. I think you could have had a perfectly fitting exchange later on to cover that but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter as you said they're doesn't setting matter. up a sequel or they're trying to set up a sequel and that's what they're doing well they definitely did then comes the classic trope of the the black character who just goes in to die um, and uh, yeah that's what happens so he goes up in a helicopter the son of the the lady vampire hunter goes up to get some images of the thing and then it turns out Vicente can fly so, or do a big jump I think or, he did a big jump it was just a big jump I think he just did a big jump. He just did a very big jump because he's a very powerful vampire. Yeah. So he hops on up there, Michael. Yeah. Crashes the helicopter. Very good. And says, good, and now we have an excuse to burn the town to the ground. Uh, very good. Uh, uh, so it's good. Um, I do apologize to any of our Italian listeners. I know that's not what you sound like. This is what uh, an Italian vampire within the world of 30 days of night sounds like. So it's, uh, Exactly. So it's not racist. It's not Benjamin. racist, you see. Uh, yeah. Now, having said that, you've, you've tricked... You've, Tripped up on a bit of an issue that we can take a look at, Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have a little chat about the art in this before we go to the end of the plot. <laughs> Benjamin, what are you thinking about this art? What are you thinking about it? Uh, so, Benjamin. 
Yes. I need some guidance because what am I thinking about? You tell me what you're thinking about and then I'll decide if I want to row in behind you. This is very much inspired, I assume, Michael, that Steve Niles or Ben Templesmith has been heavily inspired by the likes of Arkham Asylum, A Serious House and A Serious Earth. Right. Um, with famous cover artist for Sandman, Dave McKean. Oh, there's very lots of Dave McKean going on. Dave Dave McKean is very much a kind of post-punk, proto-punk, in-the-middle-punk art style guy. He's industrial, he's abstract, he does a lot of this kind of things. And he was a defining visionary for adult comics um, or adult aimed comics. Uh, mm. in, during the 90s and Not shaped a, a lot of how people would go forward um, to think about that kind of thing. Bill Sikowitz, Sikowitz, yeah. I, n- I never get it right, but he also did a lot of the famous X-Force covers, X-Men covers. Those also have that kind of manic punk abstract style. Uh, it, it really comes out of that. And I think Ben Templesmith follows in that tradition very clearly. Unfortunately, yes, I think sometimes... Yes. His style overtakes functionality in terms of telling a comic book story. I would tend to agree with you a little bit there, Benjamin. Yeah, so what happens is, when we're drawing the vampires, very good spooky vampires. Oh, Ben, iconic spooky vampires. Yes. Let's not just rush by that and, and get to the complaints. Because very that defining. needs to be linked. Uh, absolutely iconically spooky vampires. The distorted faces, Ben, the glowy eyes, the, the horrible big mouths. Very good. Incredible spooky vampires. And if there's one thing that 2007's 30 Days of Night, the film, taught us, you can't really replicate it. You can try. No, But can't. this is, this level of horror, the level of horror of those spooky vampires is unique to the medium of drawn art. Yes, because they're so abstract and they have forms that we kind of recognise and they're warped all out of proportion. You're just going, ugh. Ugh. They'll get um, away from me. He's also very good at a spooky silhouette, Michael. Mm. He's good at things lurking in the dark. Yes. He's good at framing lighting for good contrast and things like that. Oh, there's some incredible scenes, Ben. The the sun going down um, the first time. Incredible. Yeah. And the scene where, um, where Eben and his wife, Clarice, look across the the misty snowy plain and Very see the good, vampires Michael. incredible ben ben yes is there mixed medium going on here oh there's tons of mixed medium michael is there, t- bloody... is there mixed is there mixed media ben there's a little bit of bloody ink in there michael there's a whole lot of colored pencil there's probably some pastel work in there michael he's probably trying too to too much pastels every once in a while there's a whole bunch of tipex i'd imagine <laughs> for the snow yeah for the snow and stuff even for the glints in the eyes michael uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in this but this is where his abstraction maybe pushes too much one way or the other now ladies and gentlemen let me be very clear i could not draw an entire comic book so i'm in no way pointing this out absolutely no all i'm saying benjamin i think the listeners after whatever 56 issues of this understand criticism okay good all right well we're all right then occasionally he adds those glints to the human character's eyes Mm. it happens with eben quite a bit and for some reason, you're left to go, is Eben evil? What's, is he? What's going on? Because we've been taught from the previous panels that vampires have glints in their eyes or shiny eyes or, or something like that. And then sometimes he'll do it for a human character and you go, oh, no. am I supposed to be worried about that? Is that a... Is, there, is everything gross? Is, every, is everything bad? Is, is, that, is everything gross and horrible? And we don't get to know, Michael. We don't get to know. Um, Benjamin. Yes. I would say as well, 
I love this art. It's incredible art. I want to put pictures up around the tiny room, but I'd be afraid I'd get spooked. You would, so I definitely. Uh, I'd, I'd also be too, never come back. It would be too spooky, Ben. But it's not the easiest to follow in terms of what exactly is happening. Yes. I don't know how Eben won that final fight. It doesn't make any sense, Michael. This is the weak, the weakest of the issues, Michael. Mm. How did he turn around there? Is issue three, right? Issue three yes. is very weak. Evan decides to make the final sacrifice. Yeah. He gives himself an L shot of vampire blood. Yeah, as you do. And apparently that's all it takes. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, there's nothing entirely wrong with that. Then he becomes a vampire, Michael. But it's clearly established in the previous two issues that the reason Vicente is so powerful is because he's old. He's the oldest vampire. He's the oldest vampire. He's big old bloody Nosferatu. too. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him so powerful. And then, Michael, out comes a sheriff, freshly minted as a vampire, mind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just whoops them. Yeah, he just whoops them for some reason. Just up and down, Barrow. The whole lot of them, Ben. One at a time. One at a time. Vampires only Stinger. fight one at a time. Another strange conceit. Yeah, yeah, I think that is true, though. Uh, it is, absolutely, yeah. The few vampires I've squared off against, one at a time. One at a time. They never got you, Ben. They never got you. They never got me, Michael. I retreated to the safety and sanctity of hallowed ground. Not very good. Yeah, it was very important. Anyway, facetious jokes aside, Michael, that that last confrontation makes zero sense. Yeah, but he wins, though. He wins, but it's never explained why he's so powerful. It's never explained what gives him an edge. Mm. All it says, we get we get four panels, four little dockets of exposition where it says the sheriff finds his rhythm, yeah. uh, grows into his power and mm. quickly dispatches. And you're just there going, why? Why yeah, does why? he do that? Yeah, because the, the, the comic has to end. Because he hasn't even fed, Michael. He hasn't even fed, Ben. Maybe he has some preternatural strength related with still being a bit human. Maybe. Or maybe it's because he wasn't turned in the traditional... Dying fed yeah. on sense. I don't know. Mm. But it's not we explained, don't Michael. We'll never find out. So we're left to unless, wonder. Unless we read the follow-up comics where it almost certainly does explain it. However, Vicente gets dispatched. Yeah, big punch in the head. Big punch in the head. Boomio, baby. It's all over. That's a, it's an academic literary term. It's, it's quite obscure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Boomio is actually how you discuss uh, the final points of plots. Boomio. So... That leaves yes. Michael with the the, the, the harrowing yes. <laughs> scene yes, that mimics the first that we saw between Clarice and Ebenezer, where the pair of them watch the sun come up. Yeah. And Ebenezer burns away to nothing. Classic vampire program stuff. Fucking great scene, Michael. Have you not seen it everywhere, Ben? You have, but it's done very well in this, Michael. It's done very well in this, Ben. Is this the first time it was done? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it is, but a vampire kind of about to turn evil and deciding to watch the sunset as their final act is... uh, It's everywhere these days. It's everywhere these days, Michael. It's a classic. True Blood used it for basically the end of every season. Yeah, we won't um, get into spoilers of too much other stuff, but it's bloody everywhere these days. Michael... Michael, come here mm. to me. Can't yeah. bloody chuck a cross for hitting a vampire sitting out in the sun as a final act. Yeah, yeah, that's just, it's just non-stop. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, Michael, I think it's a pretty original concept. It's hard to tell, Ben, nearly 20 years later. 
it is because everything comes in on top of it then and, and floods in over the top and you're just like it, it did come out in a time where isolationist horror became a thing so go on in, in the same year that this came out 28 days later came out oh very good and so I think it's on the crest of that wave of oh Jesus isn't it awful being on your own in the middle of an apocalypse um that is interesting. Or is it? Isn't it awful being cut off from everybody else in the middle of a in the middle of a bloody end of day? Isn't it? Oh, it's dreadful. And then on top of that, it's hyper gore. Oh, the gore, Ben! Non-stop gore. But again, that's very much in keeping with Twenty Eight Days Later. Um, dog soldiers. This this whole wave of horror comes in of just mutilation mm. at the hands of beasts, um, and it's very much a nature of man thing, you know. It's a whole thing, Michael. It's a whole thing. Um, I'm being forced to look at the despicable deeds that humans can do. And yeah. that all kind of flows in from there. So I, I think it possibly was quite original. It was um, It was also at a time when vampires had been defanged a lot in popular culture. But they're all sexy then, Michael. They were either sexy or cannon fodder. Sexy cannon fodder, Michael. Yeah, so there was, I mean, there was Buffy where they were kind of cannon fodder or sexy. Blade had just come out and Blade was killing vampires left, right and centre, Ben. Yeah. Not not a bloody hassle. Yeah, vampires were no use against Blade. Yeah, so it was kind of nice for this to uh, it probably at that time be a bit, of a, a bit of a refresher for big spooky vampires coming to get you. Yeah, these lads are an actual threat and uh, what's that you want to stand and fight? Oh, good for you. No. Hmm. Because uh, nobody stood a chance, Michael. To quote yeah. uh, Sheriff Eben at one point, no, I saw him take a shotgun blast to the head. They don't. They mm. keep coming. <laughs> they keep mm. coming. And I think it's, I think from that point of view, as a three issue arc, Michael, it's very scary. And the vampires are a big old threat. Yes. Right up until the end when Eben seems to have no bother. Yes. But they're good up until that point. They're, they're a good old threat up until that point. Mm. Um. Michael, if you like this, what else would you like? Well, Benjamin, you'd probably like the more of this. Because there's absolutely tons of it. Yes. Absolutely non-stop tons of it. That's a fair point. <laughs> That's a fair you point. Just, just go and keep reading it as much as you want. Benjamin. Yes. You would definitely, if you like this, enjoy the television program on Netflix, Midnight Mass. Yes, Midnight Mass would be a bit of you. You'd probably enjoy it. Now... That has, we just by discussing it on this podcast, we've kind of spoiled the first twist of Midnight Mass. Yeah. <laughs> because it's vampires. But the Look, posters Midnight on Mass, Netflix now do that, Michael. Yeah, exactly. So, the I mean, I think... thumbnail is now like a big leathery batwing, so... Yeah, I think the whole world knows that Midnight Mass's twist is vampires now. I think but, we're all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. Midnight Mass is... You'll thoroughly enjoy it if you enjoyed this, I would say. The film of this is pretty good. Yes, Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett's in it's it's not incredible, but it's pretty good. It's a decent little horror flick, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Ben, we always go back to it, but I I don't think you can enjoy this and not like Preacher. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, this you're gonna dar- like Preacher if you like this. Yeah, it's small town America, rural America at the hands of of vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty yeah, good. Rural. Go on. No, that's it. That was exactly what I was going to say. Oh, if you're looking for more vampire-themed content set in America, check out American Vampire by Scott Schneider and oh, Raphael yeah. Albuquerque. That's a it's a pretty solid call. If you if you like your vampires big, scary, and hard to fuck with, 
those are that's a that's a great especially the first couple of volumes of that really solid pick did we do that on this podcast ben? we haven't done it yet michael oh Have we not? michael michael come the new year i'm going to be sharing the brand new wave of comic books that we're going to read in this podcast oh well, we've oh, got some very doozies. exciting we've Share it with got the listeners, some ben. doozies um so actually that's a good idea michael i might just share it with the bloody listeners share it with the listeners ben um yeah where might the listeners find it uh, the listeners would have Okay well Ladies and gentlemen Since this is our last part Of the cast of the year Let's do a little wrap up We need content We need recommendations For the coming year 2022 So you can get in touch with us In a couple of different ways You can find us on the interwebs At www.shomrabiog.com S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G Dot com It means a tiny room in Irish You can find us on the Instagram At collecting issues It means collecting issues but the best way, ladies and gentlemen, for you to get in touch with us and chat with us about comic book recommendations or what we talked about on this very podcast is to get up on that Discord, baby. Hop up on it. Hop up on it. Get up on it and have a go. Michael, in the new year, our first one of the new year, we're not sure that it'll be the second week in January. It probably will. But our Most first likely. one there is going to be the sensational... Spider-Man. By, by sensational, I mean widely popular across the globe... Green Lantern Far Sector. Oh, what the hell is that? That's so that, all, that's filled me with a sense of Christmas dread. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with that one. Oh, um, no. It's going to be good, Michael. What do you do when you're a Green Lantern in a world without emotion? How do you police a sector that doesn't have any crime? Or oh. suddenly does. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. Find out the answer to all of these questions and many more that Mick doesn't care about. In four weeks' time. Yes, like all book clubs, we don't actually care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to us all year. We really appreciate it. Do uh, do drop us down and tell us what your favourite comic of the year was. Get in touch with us a couple of different places. Go on, a couple of different places. Hop up on Discord. Merry Christmas, everybody. See you next year. <laughs> Bye.